And I want to say this to you guys. You are worth it. That's the word. Our words. Our sentence. You are worth it. You are valuable. God calls you worthy of the highest treasure that he would sacrifice his ultimate treasure. I don't know about you, but when I think about what God did and what Jesus did, sending his only son for the sins of humanity, I don't, I don't think I could ever do that. I don't, I, no, I, I take that back. I, don't, I know I couldn't do that. <clears throat> to see my sons go, <clears throat> to be crucified for somebody else, But Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice that God found us valuable enough. He found us worthy enough to send his only son. Come on. John 3.16 reads this. For this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. You see, in chapter 5, verse 18, it says, And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ, and God has given us the task of reconciling his people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against him. And he gave us a wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are now Christ ambassadors. God making his appeal through us. You know that word appeal? It means it's an urgent request. God was urgently requesting for our sin so that we may be made right with God through Christ. You see, when God places value on you, that comes with his trust. It comes with his trust. So God values you. He's saying, I trust you. I trust you. He says, I trust you to be a mouthpiece. I trust you to be the ambassador of my kingdom. I trust that every word that's going to come out of your mouth is going to come from my heart. Everything you say, everything you do would rem like resonate and illuminate and it would, be, it would be God's voice speaking through you and out of you. That's how much he trusts you. That he values you. That we would be the mouthpiece, the ambassadors. Chapter 6 of John, verse 1. You know, it's funny because this whole trip that we were on recently, the Lord had me speaking about partnering with God. How God wants to partner with you in this season. And chapter 6, verse 1 says, As God's partner, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On that day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. And today is the day of salvation. So this, the Lord has put this word about that you need to know how valuable you are. And that you're worth it all. We were recently, <clears throat> I was in Missouri not that long ago. And I had an encounter with an angel. And I haven't shared this encounter here. Some of you might have seen it on, on media, through Facebook. And 
But I'm going to share this encounter here because it's going to go along with what I'm going to share today. But I had an encounter with an angel. Now, I, I, want, I'm gonna, I, want, I need to tell this story because I need you to understand how this all happened. But I was having a really bad week. And it started here, actually. You know, I mean, I'm just going to be transparent and honest because, you know, there's a lot of things that go on here in this facility that we are very new to. And I can give you some examples. EPA and regulations and different stuff and needing us to go and dig a hole in the back that's got to be five feet deep, but you don't know it's going to be the right, left, center. They just said, oh, just pick a spot. From that to clogged toilets, from that to different things and, you know, that happened. So my week was just like, wow, God, what next? You know, I'm just being honest. You know, we come from another state and we're like, we're saying, yes, we're partnering with you, God. I'm partnering with you. But then we, we run into all these different obstacles. So let me just be transparent here. I was, I was having a bad week. You know, and that it happens. You know, sometimes people feel like, <laughs> like pastors or leaders and that they ride on clouds. And, they're, <laughs> and like, oh. You know, they think that they don't have no bad days. You have bad days. We have a lot of them. But listen, your bad days don't define who you are. What defines you is the way you get back up and the way you react. That's what defines you. I have a choice to stay in my, my junk, swimming in the dirty water. Oh, poor me. Or I can say... <laughs> Well, I can say, you know what, God? It's got to be something different. Breakthrough's got to be here somewhere. So I'm there in Missouri. Me and my wife and the family, we, we check into a hotel. It's already kind of late. We're tired, you know, and finances are limited. You know, when, you, when you're traveling and, and you do ministry, you know, you don't, we don't go places and say, hey, we, we demand $5,000 or you can't have none of our prayers. We don't do that stuff. We go completely by faith. Like we just want to love on you. We just want to release the glory. Whatever God does, he's going to do it. So we, we, you know, we go with the limited resources and, and the Lord will always bless. <clears throat> but we know that we have to be in several different states and it costs a hotel to be there. So we know kind of a budget. So we go there where everybody's already kind of laying down in bed and, you know, and I'm, I'm in the most humblest part of my being that I could possibly be. I'm talking, I'm thrown out. I'm like, you know, I'm just done. I'm in my, my pajamas, if you want to call it that. In bed, in the hotel. And all of a sudden the phone rings in the hotel. And they say, Mr. Garza, I need you to come to the front. I'm like, for What? There was a problem with your card. I said, oh, no, there wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I need you to come up front. It's important, you know. So, oh. And I'm like, I remember, I had a bad week. So I get up, and I'm oh, kicking and screaming, you know. And I get up, and I walk up to the front. I said, yes, how can I help you? I said, I'm not condoning my attitude. I'm not condoning this, okay. This is not good. But I wasn't ugly either. I wasn't ugly. You know, I'm just, I was just tired and just kind of, you know. And they said, well, <clears throat> when you went to pay for the room, we swiped your card, but the terminal was disconnected. So when you swiped it, <clears throat> they didn't get your payment. I said, oh, no, you got your payment because, you know, whenever I do a, a, a you know, I'll go to my Wells Fargo app and Look, right there, you can hundred and something dollars out of my account. You got paid. They said, I don't understand why it's coming out of your account, but on our end, it shows no payment. I said, well, on my end, it shows a payment. And I know I was right because I saw it in my bank. And their response to me was, well, you're going to have to swipe your card again. And I'm like, no, I'm not swiping my card again. 
You're not going to take another hundred and something dollars to my account? No, sorry. Well, then if you, if you don't want to swipe your card, then you're going to have to go ahead and leave the room. Like, how are you going to make me leave my room? We just paid you. Mind you, Alice and the boys, they're already, you know, they're just, they're already in bed. I was pulled out of bed. So at this point, I'm thinking, okay, hold on. I didn't mention that I was a pastor or a minister or anything, right? I was looking for a reason to like, you know what? And just like, ah! And I was, I was, I was frustrated. I was really frustrated. So some people came in the room and they walked up to the front desk and I said, you know what, go ahead and handle these people, take care of them, and I'll finish up in a minute. So I just take a few steps back and I sit down on this small little couch in the, the foyer of the hotel area, the lobby, right in front of the people. And I just begin to pray. I said, God, you know what's going on, man? I said, you know, I'm just, I need some kind of relief here. And I'm having this conversation with the Lord, and I'm just, and I'm not hearing nothing. And then all of a sudden, I look, because where I was sitting was a window directly to my right. I mean, it was a full-blown window. It was like a whole wall, window wall. The winds began to blow. And I could hear, like, the shh. And I began to see the trees, like, they, I mean, it was like crazy winds, like tornado-style winds. The trees like started bending down like that, and there was gusts of winds that were flowing. And then it began to rain, and the rain was coming down like thunder, like it was just, it was crazy, out of nowhere. And I'm like, what the? And all of a sudden, the, the, the side door bust open. Like this glass door, like, like somebody came in, they ran in, they were trying to run in from the rain, and it just, poof, it opened up, and when the door flew open, all the wind came in, and you could see the leaves scattered on the floor, and it was, it was a woman, it was a young woman, and she says this, out of nowhere, oh, there's a storm coming! I'm like, yeah. I mean, because I could see the storm. And then she says, it's tornado winds outside right now. Got to get out of the storm. Mind you, I'm not, I'm not in a good place still. I'm frustrated. I didn't want to talk to nobody. I didn't want to have a conversation with somebody, much as somebody I knew, but somebody that I didn't know. So she comes in the room, and the, 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 the front desk is right there in front of her. She comes in like this, and I'm sitting right there. And she looks at me, and she says, hey, how you doing? And I said, I said, really? I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking, really? And I tell her, I said, I'm okay. I'm doing okay doing good. She says, that's good. And then she says, you ride a Harley, don't you? And in my mind, see, I'm not thinking nothing supernatural. I'm not thinking glory. I'm thinking I'm tired. You're trying to steal my money. I want to, I didn't want to talk to nobody. So she says, you ride a Harley, don't you? She even had that accent. But listen, this lady was bubbly. She was like, she had just drunk 15 Coca-Colas. And she was like, hey, uh, just super happy, man. And I didn't want to be happy. That's going to be on YouTube. Somebody's like, oh, brother, happiness. Oh, here. I can see the comments now. 
I bless you. <laughs> so she says, you ride a Harley, don't you? And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I had an old Harley Davidson t-shirt on. I said, duh, yeah, I'm thinking. I said, yes, I do, actually. And then she tells me this. Now, mind you, she came in, and she totally disregarded anybody in the room. Like, you, who goes into a hotel lobby and doesn't address the people at the front desk and just starts a random conversation with somebody they don't know? She says, is it true? Is it true that the Harley Davidsons, they hold their value? That they don't depreciate? And I'm thinking, what is she talking about? You know, like, what are you mean? And I said, you know, ma'am, I've heard that's true, that they, they hold value, that they, can, they do hold value. They're not like regular motorcycles, but they, they do hold value. And then she proceeds to tell me, well, I ride a motorcycle too. <laughs> and then she says, but I ride the very, very best. And I'm like, whoa, what? are you talking about Harley? <laughs> she said, I ride the very best. I said, really? I said, what, you know, and me being a rider, I want to know what she rides. <laughs> I said, really, what do you ride? I had the BMW, is what she tells me. I had the BMW. And then she goes on to describe this motorcycle that she has, but you could tell when she's describing the motorcycle that she knows nothing about motorcycles. Because she was describing features that don't matter. Like normally people are like, yeah, I got a 1585 engine, you know, I've got a, you know, it's, it's a, a stage four screaming eagle. But she was like, yeah, mine's <clears throat> the very best. And it's got a seat. I'm like, yeah. She says, it has a seat. And I can take somebody with me. I'm like, most motorcycles have seats. But see, there was, but see, my, my mind wasn't thinking. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't hearing. My spirit wasn't receiving at that moment. But she says, I have a seat and I can, I can take somebody with me. And then she goes into this thing. She says, out of nowhere, she says all this. She says, What's your name? I'm like, I'm not going to give you my name, lady. I don't know you. You know, I'm, it's, <laughs> it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. Who are you? <clears throat> and she says, I said, and, but there was something about her that I felt peace. But I was still like, eh. She says, what's your name? I said, well, my name's Pete. She says, Pete, my name's Manara. Nice to meet you. Not Manora, not the lampstand, but Manara. She says, nice to meet you. So I extend my hand out and I shake her hand. I said, Manara, so nice to meet you. And then she says, Pete, what's your birthday? What month were you born? And at this point, I was like, no. I'm not going to tell you the month I was born. You already know my name. You're going to try to stake identity theft or something. I'm thinking in my mind, I'm not going to give you my birthday. I mean, you don't do that. So if you're watching, don't give your birthday out to people. Unless God says, okay? So I'm like, no, I'm not going to give you my birthday. But then I was like, February. I don't know why I told her my month. And then she said, oh. And then she says, what day? I said, no. <laughs> no. But then I told her my day. I felt like, I felt peace in it. I can't explain it. 
But I told her the day, and I kid you not, it was, it was, it was supernatural because she was standing in front of me, and I told her the day, and it was almost as if her driver's license materialized in her hand because she didn't have it in her hand. She says, really? Oh, my. She got so excited, and she goes, look at this. And, and her driver's license was in her hand. And then she gives me her driver's license. Like, she just gives me her license. And her birthday was the exact same birthday as mine. Identical. She had my birthday. And at this point, I'm like, God, okay, this is weird. What's going on? This is too much. And I'm like, okay, this, this is, something's not right. So then... She goes on to say this. Last time I was here, and she says it with an authority. Last time I was here, I had to ring the bell. I had to ring the bell. Because they couldn't hear me. He says, and then she says, and I feel like it's time for me to ring the bell again. I want to go and ring the bell. And I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, this girl is crazy. But I saw a bell in the front desk. You look, ding, 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 ding. I'm, and I'm like, go ahead and ring the bell. You know, ring it if that's what you want to do. But I didn't, I, I didn't understand what was going on still. So she goes and she begins to leave the building. She begins, so she walks to the door and she's standing on the threshold of the door. It's still tornado winds out there. It's blowing. And she opens the door, leaves come in again. And she's standing there, it's like a movie moment, hair blowing. She's standing there at the doorway and she says, Hey, Pete. She says, have a good day. And then she says, and be good at it. And then she walks out the door and just left. And I'm watching her as she's walking out the door. I'm like watching her. She's going in and she's running into the rain. It's storming. And she gets beyond that light and then I don't see her no more. And then the storm stopped. Completely stopped. I want to give you a scripture on this. Let me find this for you. Because I was asking the Lord about this. I said, Lord, I said, you need to give me, give me a scripture on this because you know, some people don't believe in angels. I believe in angels. We partner with angels. We co-labor with the angels. Amen? Oh, I can't find the scripture I have, but I'm going to tell you. There's a scripture, and I'm sure one of y'all will find it for me. But it says, be aware, because you could be entertaining the angels from heaven and not even know it. Be aware. And it says, be kind to those that you meet because you never know that it could be an angel. <clears throat> so at that point, I just, I got up and I pulled out my credit card and I just said, here, just swipe my card again. Swipe my card again. And they went ahead and they swiped my card again. And uh, they took another hundred or something dollars from my account. So, and the process of all this is happening, I didn't share about this, this encounter with anybody because I was like, I was processing it for the whole day. I hadn't told my wife about it, but the next day we're driving somewhere, <clears throat> we're going to, to one of our meetings, we're going to be in Tennessee that night, and she, 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 we're driving and Alice says, you know what, what happened last night? I said, well, what do you mean, Why? She said, yeah, last night when you went to the office, 
I felt a shift in the atmosphere. I felt like there was something supernatural that happened when you went to the office. And I'm like, what do you, what, what, like, she was picking up the atmosphere as that angelic thing began to, to manifest. So listen, she said her name was Manara. I looked up the name Manara. It means the lighted one. It means the light, the lighted one. And I began to process and ask the Lord. I said, Lord, tell me what, tell me what this is all about. Tell me what, what was the reason. Because when angels come, they come with a message. Angels are messengers from heaven. They don't just show up just to show up. If you're having angelic encounters, oh, I'm seeing an angel here and an angel there. You know what my response is? I said, okay, well, what did they tell you? Well, they didn't say nothing. Then why is it here? Because when the angels begin to show up, it's because they have something they need to relay. You see, even in this place, in the prayer room, when Todd Belling was here, the angel of awakening came. And that the Lord was going to bring an awakening. Do you remember that? That was powerful. If y'all don't, go watch the video on that. But this angel, Manara, said this to me. I ride the very best. You know the motorcycles? You know what motorcycles represent in the spirit? They represent independent ministry. Independent ministry. And the fact that the B&W was considered to be the best is because it's, it's well made. But see, hers was a sports bike. And the sports bike represents the acceleration in the spirit. And the fact that she said, I've got a seat. And I can take somebody with you. That's the invitation from Holy Spirit. He says, I want to take you to a place that you've never been before. And the whole thing about value, the motorcycle, value had nothing to do with the motorcycle. It was a Lord saying that you are valuable. That you and I, all of us, those that are watching, you don't depreciate. You hold value. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Today can be a new day. The scriptures say that, I believe it's in Lamentations 3.23, that they are new every morning and great is your faithfulness. That means that today is a brand new day. You see, you're valuable. We need to turn away. We need to repent from our old belief system. That word repent means to turn away. Turn away. We cannot continue to stay doing the same thing over and over and over. If you are continually battling something in your life, then you have not repented of that sin. Because you continue to let it have a stronghold in your life. The word repentance means to turn away from the sin. It means to change the way you think, to stop agreeing with what the enemy is saying about you. And say, God, I trust you. It means to move forward, never looking backwards. If we can turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 15. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus gives a parable. And I'm going to start in verse 8. And he says this. There was once a woman who had ten valuable silver coins. 
When she lost one of them, she swept her entire house, diligently searching every corner of her house for that one last, that lost coin. Now, I want to stop right there. She was searching for the lost coin. And in those, in those days, they didn't have marble floors. They didn't have furnished, polished wood floors or tile. Their floors were dirt. They lived in a place, I mean, they were dirt homes. They might have had wood, I mean, walls, but the floor inside was dirt in their houses. So she lost this coin. She is diligently searching for the lost coin. She's sweeping the dirt. And you know that when you're looking for something in dirt, you, you cover another spot, and then you sweep it this way, it covers another spot. So she was searching. Can you imagine how hard that was to find something small in a dirt-covered floor? And it says this, when she finally found it, she gathered all her friends around and the neighbors for a celebration, telling them, come and celebrate with me. I had lost my precious silver coin, but now I found it. That's the way God responds every time a lost sinner repents and turns to him. It says, his angels to all his angels, he says, let's have a joyous celebration for the one who was lost but now is found. You see in Luke 5, uh, 15, 10, the silver coins back then, they had a, 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 a picture on the coins. It had a picture of the Roman, what did I guess, a king or, it had a picture of a Roman authority on the coins. So she lost this coin that had a stamp of a Roman authority but did you know that you now are that precious coin? People that you come in contact with all over the world, they are that precious coin. And guess what? They've been stamped. They have been stamped by the image of our Father. Even when we are lost, that image is still present, needing only to be found. By grace to be redeemed. I'm going to give you a scripture on that. It's going to come out of Genesis 127. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You see, your value begins with the fact that you are made by the hand of God. In his very own image, you are the picture. Listen, listen. You are the picture of the redemption power of Jesus Christ. That's what you are. You see, there's no difference. There's no difference at all from the person who's addicted to drugs, somebody who's struggling in pornography, an alcoholic, a homeless person, a homosexual, a witch, a warlock, a Muslim, a Hindu. There's no difference. But yet as believers, we tend to look down at those people. Oh, you're so, your sin is so far. Our own religious mindsets say that they're beneath us or that their sin is worse than ours. We bring condemnation, but the Spirit of the Lord brings love. 
You see, and I've, I, I said this all the time, I say this all the time, that how we see God is going to be how we release and how we speak on God's behalf. God is love, and we know that. And his love leads to repentance. And there's no condemnation in the Lord. Holy Spirit comes to convict, but not to condemn. If you feel condemned, if you're in a church, if you're watching right now, and you're in a place, and the pastors and the leaders are, are telling you that, and you're feeling that spirit of condemnation, find a new church. So, so Jesus, he, he, he felt like maybe they didn't understand what he was telling them about the coin, right? So he goes and he has to illustrate this a little bit further. So in Luke 15, 11 through 31, Jesus says this in this story. He said, I, I just can't imagine, I just, I'm visualizing Jesus telling the story, right? Like, how awesome that would have been. Wow. He said, there was a man <laughs> who had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want to share no, okay, yeah. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. Come on. So the father agreed to divide his wealth between his two sons. Now, let's go back really quick. He said, I want my share of your estate now before you die. You see, in the light of the Middle Eastern culture, it was very offensive for a son to ask his father for his inheritance. That would be equivalent to say, I wish you were dead already. And the Greek, this text literally means this, that the father gave his, he gave his life away. Because he rightly divided. Even with the son saying what he said, the father said it and he rightly divided between the two sons. In the Greek, that literally means he gave his life away for his sons. A few days later, his, this young son packed up all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all of his money living wild. About this time, his money had run out and a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods that he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. Now see, in, in verse 16, where he says about feeding the pigs, this would be degrading to anybody, but especially to the Jew, because they were forbidden to raise swine. The Jewish culture, they were not allowed to raise the pigs. And here was this Jew having to feed and serve them. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both you and heaven. And I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Can you imagine that? You know, maybe 
he's out in the fields and the dad's out there, maybe working the land, and he just sees his son. You, you, you know what your son looks like. He sees his son maybe carrying a bag, all beaten up and broken. He saw his son. I can imagine the joy that came upon him when you see your sons and your, your daughters return back home. And the father was filled with love. Ah, Jesus. The father was filled with love and compassion. And he ran to his son. <laughs> he ran to his son. And he embraced him. And he kissed him. He said, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But the father said to the servants, Quick, bring me the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Go and get the ring for his finger. You see that part right there, get the ring for his finger? Verse 22, culturally, the ring was the emblem of the authority of the house. The ring was the only thing in the family that authorized somebody to conduct business. Every business was conducted with the ring. It was the authority. It was the seal. This is the picture of the seal of Holy Spirit in Ephesians 1.14. And the sandals, and he says, and sandals for his feet and kill the calf that we have been fattening. So let's talk about this for a minute. 15.22, he talks about the sandals for his feet. Because see, back in those days, the slaves were barefooted. The slaves were barefooted. So when his son came home, he, he came home in that state of being a, a slave. And the father says, no, put some shoes on his feet. Give him a ring to conduct my business. Bring the fatted calf. The fatted calf is the one that they would do the sacrifice for. Because back then when they would do the sacrifice to, to God... They would give the most pressured, I mean, precious animal. They would fatten it up for the feast. And they would celebrate. The Greek, this text means kill the, kill the grain fatted calf. This was a picture of the feasting upon Christ who was sacrificed for us. And then it goes on to say this. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine who was dead has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So the party began. So the party began. Okay, I'm sorry. Meanwhile, the older son was still working in the fields. Because he had two sons. When he returned home, he heard the music and the dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants, hey, what's going on here? And the servant replied, your brother is back. He was told, and your father has killed the fatted calf. And we are celebrating because his safe return. But then the older brother was angry, and he refused to go in. He refused to go in. His father came out, and he began to beg him. But he replied to the dad, All these years 
I slaved for you. Never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And all the time, you never gave me even one young goat for the feast for me and my friends. You see, this is a picture of the orphan mentality. That even him as a son, he didn't realize that he was the son. That we can't celebrate when others return. That we can't celebrate when good things are happening to people around us. Oh, brother so-and-so just got a new car. Well, shoot, man, I do everything. What? Guy doesn't even, probably doesn't even give tithes to church. And he's over here with a new car. That were two jobs. Maybe that's why. We don't know how to celebrate. It's an orphan mentality. It's a paradigm. It's a belief system. It's a works to do system. Listen, listen what he's saying here. I slave for you. I've done everything you told me to do. I worked and did all this stuff. That's a picture of us having to work to get. That we have to, we have to beg to receive something. Yet, when your son comes back after squandering all your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fatted calf. And his father says to him, look, Dear son, you have always stayed by me. Everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. He is valuable. You see, it doesn't matter what you do or what you did. Even that coin, the woman with the ten coins, when she lost one, when she lost that coin, did, it, did, did that lost coin lose its value being lost? It was still just as valuable. The son goes and he makes all these mistakes, but he's still valuable. You see, there's nothing you and I can do that will separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Jesus finished that on the cross. That all the sins of humanity were taken to the cross. That you now receive an inheritance of the kingdom of heaven. You are valuable. You are worthy. You are worth it. Listen, you are worth it. You are that precious coin. You're that precious coin that we search diligently for. Even in the midst of the dirt. Even in the chaos of the dirt. Some of us swim in dirty water. Sometimes we go through seasons where we don't look very spiritual. But that doesn't mean anything. Because you're still valuable. You're still valuable. No matter what you do. As long as we say God. As long as you repent. And turn away from that sin. It says that all things are made new. Everything. Nothing you did matters. It's like the delete button. Boom. Boom. Delete. 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 You see what's, you know what keeps us in that place? Our mind. Our mind doesn't allow us to see that we're precious. Our mind doesn't allow us to see that we're, we're that precious coin. Even if you are forsaken by family and friends, you are always cherished in the heart of God. 
I'll give you a scripture on this. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, forget, yet I will not forget you. Isaiah, that's Isaiah 49, 15. Carlos, you are worthy. You're worth it. Joanne, you're worth it. You're worth it. We just got to, we got to get out of the dirty water. There's dirty water. Come on. You've heard me talk about the second heavens and the third heavens. It's up to you and I on where we're going to sit and stay. The Lord is saying, we read in the first scripture, He's appealing to you. He's making an urgent request. Come up here. Get out of there, my son. You're precious. You're my son. You're my daughter. Get out of that water. You don't need to be swimming in that stuff. That's not where I called you to be. You're precious. You're that coin. And every time you're on the streets, if you're at a store, if you're, wherever you're at, you see that homeless man on the corner and he's drunk with a bottle in his hand and he smells dirty. He's a precious coin. He's precious. He's the coin waiting to be found. And it's up to you and I that we go and we sweep. And we say, oh, there you are. Because you're worth it. You're worth it. God starts towards you are wonderful. And he has great plans for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you future and hope. His love is relentless for you, immeasurable, infinite. You know what that word relentless means? It means unwavering, never quitting, never ceasing, never giving up on you. It's immeasurable. Jeremiah 31.3 says this, Yes, I have loved you with everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness. I have drawn you. The creator of life loved you so intensely that he allowed his son to die in your place before you even repented. Romans 5.8 says this, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ still died for us. You see, God was willing to pay the highest price to pay the highest price of the universe to redeem you. To redeem you that's watching. To redeem us. God was willing to pay the highest price. And that was the blood of his dear son Jesus. But you see, when you belong to Jesus, 
You have been made brand new. Sparkling clean. Pure, beautiful, perfect. A life in Him. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things have been made new. Oh! See, God actually considers you his very own precious child. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. 1 John 3, 1. See, everyone in this room has a purpose. Everybody in this room has a purpose. Everybody that's watching right now, you have a purpose and you have a destiny. You're a precious coin. And he says that all things are made new and that his mercies are new every morning. That it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Today is a new day. It's like the Lord is saying, son, Daughter, here's a big old reset button. Pow! Reset. So this morning, can we just stand this morning? See, the Lord is just saying today is going to be a day of renewal for us. what my husband was going to be sharing today and yesterday I went to the store and um, and I found my precious coin I was standing in line and there was this young lady behind me and she had two girls and her girls were gorgeous little girls and I just kept staring at her and staring at her and she's she's has a sailor's mouth and she's cursing and cursing and her shirt you know she's cursing at her girls and she's telling them don't you know effity blah 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 this and I'm like what in the world and my first fleshly thought was like what are you doing like these are your kids and then the Lord came and he started messing with me even her shirt said I say F a lot you have to excuse me or something like that. And I mean, I think about it now after hearing the message this morning and I realized the precious coin in a whole different way. And so she's standing there and the Lord begins to talk to me. And in front of me was this farmer. And they were buying, I mean, they were spending a lot of money, right? They were spending a whole lot of money. And, um, and they were checking out, and the Lord speaks to me, and he says, he says, you see that young girl right there? He says, she's never had a break in her life. She's had a hard life. He says, I want you to be her break today. And I said, God, well, we got this farmer who's, like, immensely blessed in front. He could do this, like, not a problem. And the Lord's like, no. That farmer doesn't know. He doesn't understand the kingdom. He's like, I need you to be her breakthrough. And, as, and I'm standing there, and, and, there and, and I'm just standing there, and the, and the cashier's looking at me, and she's like, she's looking at me, and she's like, she's like, what are you doing? Like, you need to go. I already checked you out. I already did my thing with you. You need to go. And I just stood there, and I'm just hearing the Lord. And I feel this intense, intense love for this young lady and her girls and 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 her stuff comes through 
And, and the Lord says, just take care of it for her. Give her her break today. And the cashier said, ma'am, are you sure? And I said, yes. And, the, and I turned around to the lady and I, and I said, look, I said, the Lord loves you. Thank the Lord. And I said, and there's, enough, there's more than enough for everybody in the kingdom of God. And I was so overwhelmed with love for this young lady. That was my coin. And I was like, oh my God, she's so precious, God. Her girls are precious, Lord. I just literally wanted to swell them up with God's love because I felt the Father's love for them in such an intense way. And, I, and, and everything Pete shared this morning totally like wrecked me because I was like, she was my coin. She was the coin that was, if I just would have seen the outer part of her, you know what I'm saying? There would have been a, a, a different kind of thought, but the Lord was like, no, listen to my spirit. Listen to what I'm trying to show you in this precious coin that I'm, I was given the opportunity to find that precious coin, to find that precious woman and her kids. And I walked out of that store totally wrecked by the Spirit of God. I just was crying and crying in the car. I called my husband. I said, oh, my God. I said, and the Lord told me this yesterday. He said, the next time you look at somebody, he said, you don't forget where you came from. You don't forget where I brought you from. And I started thinking about how when my kids were little and how we went through hard times and how we went through things. And I said, God, I will never forget where I came from. I'll never forget the blessings that you've bestowed upon me and my family in such a way that, that I can come and I can find those hidden coins. Look, some of us can't even ha find the hidden coins in ourselves. Sometimes you got to brush away things on ourselves to see the real value in yourself. But I just wanted to share that story with you because I know, like, that's the season we're at right now. We've got to find the valuable coins around us. Don't let moments slip you by because God's speaking to us everywhere we go, not just in this place. Yes, Lord. Now I'm getting messed up up here. I just feel the love of the Lord so strongly. Even during the message, it was. You see, every one of us in here is valuable. You're precious in the sight of the Lord. You're precious to us. We can't look at what's on the outside. We can't look at people any other way than what the Lord sees them. If people would have looked at me in the day back in the day, they, they would have seen something totally different. We all have purpose and we all have destiny in here today. And I feel like this, this morning, it's an invitation for us, even those that are watching, maybe you're watching right now, type on the screen a comment, let us know. We want to pray with you. There's going to be a prayer line number. I feel like the Lord is saying, come home. Come up here. Come home. If there's anybody in here today, and maybe you say, I, I, I've been, been running, or I, I haven't given my all, or I haven't, I haven't done what I know that I'm called to do, that's that tug inside your heart. And you want to give your all today because today could be a brand new day. A brand new day for you. You don't have to go back to that dirty water because the Lord has something fresh for you. He wants you to drink of the goodness that your Pastor Felix was talking about. To drink of the goodness of God. Stop drinking the dirty water. 
If that's you this morning, please come to the front. Don't worry about what somebody's going to say. Don't worry about who's next to you. Because today could be your day of breakthrough. Don't allow yourself to stop you from receiving your breakthrough. If that's you, come on up. We want to thank everybody who is watching today online through social media, those that are watching on media revival television. We bless you and thank you again for watching. Uh, stay connected what we're doing. Be sure to subscribe to Media Revival Television. God bless you. And remember, remember, remember to KOF, keep on fire. <laughs>